This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio, 1123. Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. <laughs> Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. One of my favorite people to talk football with is on the show tonight, Garnet West. Garnet, how you doing, Marine Corps Sergeant? 
Uh, well, uh, I'm going to steal a line like one of your famous lines you've been saying for years. Life is good, kid. Hopefully yours is as well. All right. Outstanding. Uh, you know, you know, I got no complaints and uh, we're getting closer to football. I'm starting to get itchy. I'm starting to get excited. Uh, we got a we got a game we can watch in about seven weeks. Uh, that's it'll be on a Saturday night. But uh, looking forward to that one. Yes, sir. Me too, as well. Can I can't wait. I cannot wait at all. Yes, sir. All right. Now, we, we just talked before the show and Garnet, you've been in the Marine Corps. How many years now? For over 11 and a half years, I'll be 12 and like literally in a couple months. Yes, sir. All right. So 12, lots of sacrifices, particularly the knees we know, but from, from your service, we really appreciate it and your time uh, spent in various posts, which we won't get into, but uh, really appreciate your service, Garnet, and really appreciate the way you've been a friend of the show over the years in terms of promoting it and always having nice things to say. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. And he calls me sir, but, but this is one thing we got to be clear about. Sir is not because I don't work for a living, even though that's kind of true. <laughs> sir is almost like he's talking to me like he's a commissioned officer, but I'm a commissioned officer. That I am not. He, he says that to lots of people, just being a nice Southern gentleman that he is. Yes, sir. I was just raised like that. Uh, if I was told, uh, see, I, I, it's just common. Like, I can't, it's, it's part of me and part of my nature. But uh, yeah, it's my parents, that's how they raised me. If I didn't say anything other than that. You know, I was going to be in the doghouse real quick. <laughs> All right. Yes, well, that's, that's uh, always great to have you on, Garnet. So we're going to talk a little offensive line tonight. And uh, we want to kind of – you and I talked a little bit before the show about the guard position. So let's kind of move that out of the way and really talk about the things we want to talk about. Kevin Zeitler in a right guard. There is allegedly a competition at left guard, but I think we've already established that there's a favorite there. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know – uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Harbaugh, Coach Harbaugh himself, uh, I think he would say that solidified. And, and all I've been seeing and reading articles uh, about Mr. Cleveland, Mr. Uh, yeah, Mr. Cleveland himself is nothing but positive things. So I I just don't see him losing that job to anybody at all. That's all. D down to earth guy, and they've had all these ask the rookies, and he's kind of the star of the ask the rookie show. A lot of the the other, I mean, there's a, there's a clear intellectual basis of a lot of people. And I'm not saying Ben Cleveland is a, is a, is a, a a dumb guy. I don't think that's necessarily true. But he's very much down to earth, and you know, in touch with you know, going out and shooting squirrels and eating them, and you know, I, it's just you know, he's a very down to earth Southern country guy. And, he's, uh, he's 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 my guy. For, you know. Uh, Georgia Rays, Georgia, yeah, literally a uh, quick little 10-second story. So the quarterback that used to, his quarterback a couple years ago, uh, Jake Fromm, he's, fr he's from my high school. So it's one of those things where I, kn knowing how Jake was and knowing him, I was like, man, dude, we all to get along, go fishing, just, you know, that's how it is in Georgia, sir. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, it seems, seems to be a very entertaining guy from that perspective. And from every kind of athletic perspective, looks like he can do everything you want a left guard to do. So while they made Orlando Brown wait for a while at right tackle behind James Hurst, of all people. They made him wait for about, what, till week eight, week nine, whatever it was. Um, I, st I don't think the same thing's going to happen to Cleveland. I think he'll win the job starting, uh, coming right out of camp, starting the season there. Uh, they did it with Tyree Phillips last year, and I, th I think he'll be, the, he'll be the guy at left guard. I think we both agree on that, so we don't need to Absolutely. talk to you about it, right? Yes, sir. So sold. Well, take, take me to the center position now. I know you have some feelings about Bradley Bozeman. I kind of want to get those out. Yes, sir. So, uh, uh, Bradley Bozeman, you know, he, 
he's a very, very good athlete, smart guy from what I've seen on tape or just from watching him on games. Uh, he, good job. Of, he's been, as a, uh, as a guard, he has, I think, from your previous listening as well, from what you said before, I've seen nothing but progress from year one to year two as a guard. And correct me if I'm wrong, was he the most pulling guard in the in the uh, NFL last year? Was oh, he? yeah, and in the history of the Ravens. For in the history. Like, it, he, it, it wouldn't shock me if he'd pulled more than anybody during the entire Super Bowl era, but the, but the, some of the old Buffalo teams from the 70s, the electric company, might have had some, some offenses like that which pulled guards as much. But this is just – this is the most absurd uh, rate of pulling offense that you'll ever see. So I, I've, I've been scoring the offensive line play for 15 years, and no one accumulated the kind of pull totals that he did uh, this last year. And there wouldn't have any, been anybody in the first 10 years of the Ravens either. Wow, that's, that's pretty outstanding, Ken. Uh, and with that being said is the fact that uh, I I have no – I would love to see him stay at guard, but if we had drafted a center, I, that's what I wanted. I wanted the guy to, out of uh, Waters – I forgot his name, Quentin Miners. I couldn't think of – White waters yeah. or something. About, yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, you, you, yes. You, you, now you're driving me nuts because I'm, I'm not getting it either. These were a few <laughs> small school prospects in this entire draft. Absolutely. Uh, two guys from North Dakota State and, uh, and the Northern Iowa offensive lineman Spencer. Uh, yes, sir. So anyway, yeah, it, it's going to come back to us eventually. But yeah, but from yeah. from white from white waters, whitewater. Wisconsin white waters. That's the guy that I was want, I was wanted to get. Like, you know, everybody, you know, over, over Tyler Wallace, I wanted him before over time. That, that was just how I was feeling, how, how I wanted it. But, you know, it is what it is. But the fact that, you know, they feel they feel that confident with, uh, you know, with Mr. Boat, with uh, Bradley going back to center, man, I'm, I'm completely fine with it. Um, my biggest concern is just the snaps, you know. Mm-hmm. I'd rather, you know, if it's, if it's consistent, I have no issues with it. You know, guy, you know, let it be. But here's my thing when it comes to the pulling and him snapping that I saw with the previous uh, with Skura or Macari. They were so worried about getting to their spot and they would just basically just hook it without, you know, a sense of direction where the ball was going to be going. And correct me if I'm wrong. As they snapped the ball. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yeah, and that was yeah, like the, I, I, go ahead. I think I think you can you can tag that with him. I think one of the things one of the reasons I think getting Zeitler will help is that he can handle some of the cadence issues and a lot of the fanny padding that Yanda was doing uh, before. He'll be able to direct that and uh, you know if line calls if necessary. Uh, he's certainly done all that in his career, and that'll take that off the plate of the center. And I'm not saying Bozeman can't do it, but you know. Get him straight snapping the football before he has to take on additional responsibilities is obviously the first call. I think you got that right on the money. Yes, sir. And yeah, that was the biggest thing. Like, you go from being one of the most pulled players of all time to going to snap the ball. So it's like one of those things where it's like you're so used to doing, you finally just got the mechanics down of one position. Now we're, you're, no, you, you want to go back to your home position, which is awesome, but now you're having to adjust your whole, you know, your play style, your mentality, I'm not saying your mentality, but your whole, I guess, technique and way how you do your business to another position. That, And that's just one of the biggest things that I saw with the offensive line, except for maybe two players or three players that they were so, you know, they were solidified, hey, you're going to be playing this position. 
now the other guys like poor, like poor Tyree Phillips, it's like as soon as you think you're going to be suited at tackle, you're moving to guard. So hopefully we can no one knock on wood that no one gets hurt to where we have to manipulate players, you know, from, you know, moving them around on the line. Yeah, that's that's a great point because the Ravens certainly the last few years have tried to make one for one all, uh, changes that offensive line when that the, the the need has come up. But last year they couldn't do it anymore because Stanley got hurt, and that mean they had to move Browns. So they had to change multiple positions to get things right. In fact, they ended up moving Phillips out to. To out to tackle using somebody else at guard so it ends up affecting multiple positions but the Ravens of the past have tried to have that you know a one for one swap out if they get an injury and they've been fairly successful using that method so uh, yeah I prefer it too yes sir I, I, I'll ask you a couple questions about Bozeman because I have some thoughts on this myself of course but um, he, I think he'll still pull some from center um, are you at all concerned about say footwork or his or would you be more or less concerned about his pass blocking at center as opposed to guard I would say the, the pass blocking more than his footwork uh, to be honest with you, it's one of those things where I feel like there's a huge adjustment that's going to happen with our offense I understand the whole, I know a lot of the talk has been uh, under the center of those things, but I feel like it's going to be a more of a, a ba- I would say we, more of a balance, I guess, play count when it comes to uh, passing and, and running, I'm assuming. And I just really think we're going to concentrate more on the passing more than running, because I think we mastered the run. We know what we can do with the running. But I think uh, the pass pro would be more, uh, more, I'd be more worried about that than the pulling, sir. Okay. That's All right. right. I, in terms of pass protection, I think he's a little bit more uh, protected from be having a three tech directly over him where he's got to block that guy one on one. There still will be questions about how he adjusts to pick up a stunt through either a gap. And I think it still makes sense that other teams are going to try and hit that a gap, maybe less so the right a gap with Zeitler on one side of that. Zeitler is a very accomplished pass blocker. Um, the left the left side, uh, you know, I think this is something that uh, it, and as a college pedigree, this is something that that Cleveland has done very well uh, at the at the pro level. We'll see because it's it's just it's different. Um, the the thing that I'm I'm a little concerned about, not too much, but the Ravens have had such good footwork for the last few centers here. So it's been obviously very well coached. If you, you go back, and I, I just happen to be scoring like 2005 games and watching Mike Flynn play center. And Kedrick Vincent is at right guard, and they have all sorts of footwork issues. They're stepping on the quarterback's feet all the time. They're tripping up, pulling guards. It's just, it's, it's like, who is coaching this team uh, at that time? It's completely different today. Very fundamentally sound offensive line. Oh, that's crazy that you brought that up because the fact that uh, the one thing that I, I, I really want to, I want to dive in a tape, and then actually I was going to talk to the guy that does a huddle of films about it. If he can chop up tape of the Super Bowl run of 2012-2013 when we were doing all those flippings with KO and then we had uh, the big guy from Minnesota. We had the, both of the oh, guys McKinney. from Minnesota. McKinney and then we had uh, Matt Burke at center. Now, I really wanted to like die. I want to really try to dissect that era because the fact that if you really think about that line, how that was built, I want to say it's somewhat similar or we might have those capabilities. If That's from my understanding, sir. 
Yeah, that, it's that was an inside-out built line. The the Ravens interior line was unbelievably great in that era because they had they had Grubbs, Yonda, and Burke for a four-year period, and the, and they were they were all well above average, making Pro Bowls. I don't know if Burke made a Pro Bowl as a Raven actually, but PFF graded him as the 22nd best player in the NFL one year. So you know, they, he he always one of the things about Matt Burke in terms of how he scored as an offensive lineman here is um, he really almost broke the center curve as I laid, graded later people and I had to kind of extend the curve downward because Burke scored so well originally yes, uh, in, in terms of his blocks. So anyway, yeah, it, it, was a, it was a great inside-out line and, and that great move in the playoffs that I'm sure you remember and you referred to is moving Osemele to left guard at the start of the playoffs. Really, that was key to the Super Bowl run. Absolutely, yes sir. And I'm hoping that a uh, big Mr. Yeah, big Cleveland Mr. Yeah, big Ben Cleveland can have that same kind of effect from the get-go. That's what I'm hoping, sir. Yeah. All right, let's talk a little bit about the tackle position because I know you wanted to talk about that as well. So I'll just I'll leave it open-ended. What, what concerns you most about the about the tackle spot right now? Death. Keyword death. Just it's it's one of those things where we already have an idea of what's solidified already with uh Alejandro Vela. I can't even say Nueva. I think I said mm-hmm. that right. Uh, I'm on the right side and uh. They're saying that uh, Stanley would be ready for week one. So that, that's cool and all dandy. But, you know, this all I'm always about who's the next guy up. And I'm hoping since we did not get a tackle in the draft and then we did collect it, uh, a UDFA with uh, Adrian Ely. And then also we're uh, hopefully from what Mr. Uh, what Coach Harbaugh said, that they're going to try to strictly make Tyree Jack, uh, Tyree Phillips a, a tackle mm-hmm. I'm fine with that I'm all about just hey let's keep them where they at let them develop the craft and just let them play let's just see how they go because it's, it's, it's really unfair to ask a, a young a young man to hey you're going to play this one week and then we're going to move you to this next you know to a to guard the next week which takes completely two different techniques of footwork I should say mm-hmm. I think we all know that but how do you feel about those two Ken? Yeah, so uh, let's start with Tyree because he's a, he's an interesting player, uh, a guy who didn't really play very well at either position as a rookie. I think there's a lot of reasons why yes, he's sir. got good excuses for that. But it's it's also a case of just we, we really haven't seen what's great about Tyree Phillips. Now, you can pick out individual blocks. You can do that for anybody, of course. So I'm not trying to do that. I think at right tackle, um, he's he really needs to get reps there and learn to play that position. I mean, he played left tackle in college. Uh, right tackle in the NFL, first of all, is is different. It's very different for the Ravens because they don't they ask different things of the right tackle. Um, it's a position where his length won't necessarily play all that well, but Orlando Brown, very long player, uh, you know, was effective as a right tackle for the Ravens. I think that there are some good things there that because the Ravens ask less, that he can probably be expected to do more uh, than he otherwise might from his from his baseline ability playing right tackle. So I'm, I'm, I do very much hope he can be the backup right tackle on this team. That's that's what I'm hoping to, Ken. Uh, that's I'm really hoping that it's just it's one of those things where say we end up let's just say God hope we say we blow out the uh, Las Vegas like we pull a Miami in, in Las Vegas and that gives him time to get on the field just you know just get him comfortable I, I want those every rep counts and I'm glad that we have uh, three 
preseason games, correct? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. So like that, that's perfect. I, preseason games, that's where he needs to capitalize on those opportunities. And the same thing goes for uh, uh, Mr. Uh, yeah, with uh, Adrian Ely as well. That's what I'm hoping. He, that's my dark horse. Uh, uh, I've 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 been asked this question a couple times. So yeah, when it comes to uh, eight eight uh, having eight offensive linemen on the roster. Mm-hmm. Like, is, how does it, can you just explain that whole scenario, please, sir? Sure, I can explain. So you're allowed one additional roster space on game day, but only if you carry eight offensive linemen among your your players. And I forget if it's 47 or 46 now because, of, because I'm just I'm behind at this point. Right. But it's one of the two, and you only get the last player on the roster, I think it's 47, uh, when you when you have dress eight offensive linemen. So you have to have eight offensive linemen, just pure and simple. And in order to make sure eight offensive linemen are healthy, you pretty much have to have nine offensive linemen on the roster at a minimum. I think nine is is the is the number that, that most NFL teams will carry. Oh, okay. Now that makes now I gotta sort of redo what I was trying to think of my my projected death chart now because now that's cleared up. <laughs> but yes, sir. So yeah, but uh, Adrian Ely, though, I, as we discussed before, you know, going on air, you know, it's, it's almost like the same shoes of Orlando Brown, but just a little bit worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you know, it's one of those things where I'm hoping that he he has his nice size and frame from what I've seen. It's just the fact that we just need him to fill it out from what it looks like, sir. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, he, he is a guy who, who bombed the combine just like Brown did. I'm, I'm bringing up his combine stats here and seeing if I, can, if I can tell you this. I want to get the number of reps in particular on the bench correct because it was one of these things that's just a historically low total for a, uh, uh, a prospect. This uh, Here we go. No, I don't have his, his combine stuff here. Take me a minute to find it. It's maybe why you're saying something. But he's a guy who played well in college at Oklahoma. Uh, you know, certainly a guy and, and not dissimilar to Orlando Brown in that regard. Somebody who could, uh, you know, potentially hang at the NFL level. He certainly cost himself a ton of draft stock. Uh, this year by having such a bad combine. Um, people like more about other things they saw on him on tape. Um, you know, I think there are a lot of questions. If the Ravens have done it again and got a UDFA with, with you know, upside, you know, like Orlando Brown had, um, I'll be just shocked out of my mind. Yeah, same here. And then and the thing about it, though, I'm just – I'm looking at it as a as a whole spectrum. Like just when it comes to lineman play, it's it's not like any other team. If we had a pocket, just a you know pure pocket passer back there that just doesn't you know buy time and it just lets the uh, the pass rushers tee off on them. But we do have like the most you know athletically gifted quarterback in the NFL as we speak, which does buy time for a defender because a lot of defenders now. They second guess or they pick that extra second to, hey, do I rush in there? You know, you know, they, nobody wants to look like a fool coming off the edge anymore with us. So that's why I'm hoping that, you know, he used that to his benefit and understand like, hey, I, I have an actual opportunity, you know, to, to put my foot in the ground and be able to, you know, do what I need to do to, you know, maintain a high play level with this team. If that's possible. 
All right, so here's the combine numbers for, for Adrian Ely. So, he's, first of all, he's 6'6 six, six and a quarter, which is kind of your ideal height for a tackle, but he only has 33-inch arms. That's very short, and I know there are a lot of uh, very short-arm tackles in this draft, but that's really at the below the bottom end of the acceptable, uh, acceptable level. The Ravens have always basically drafted 34-inch and up length at offensive tackle going back a long way now. James Hurst, they got his UDFA. He was a little shorter. McCarry's shorter. They played him for a half a tackle. Um, and you have to go back to Michael Orr to find a guy who was at 33 and a half, I believe, in his case. And that really didn't work out. Uh, I think you'd have to say in terms of of, uh, of how he played for five years here as a number one pick. But Adrian Neely uh, uh, has a weight of 321, which is fine. Doesn't really carry it all that well. A 54240. 40 uh, you, you don't pay your, your tackles to run the 40, but that's quite slow. 18 bench reps. This is kind of bothersome. A 24 and a half inch vertical. That's not a good explosiveness characteristic. An eight foot eight inch broad jump, which is quite bad. Uh, and a 20 a 20 yard shuttle of 487. And a three cone drill of 882, which is stratospheric, very, <laughs> very slow on all of the agility and mobility oh. elements of his game. Yeah. If you put numbers like that, uh, I think I might want to re re-gather re, uh, my thoughts on this guy. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, yes, one of, it's one of these things where you wonder if he even gave up on the drill at the time. Was right. he really trying that hard? Was he realizing, I'm bombing this. I'm, not, I'm, I'm giving up. I'm turning my test in early kind of thing. Yeah, or maybe somebody was like in this corner, hey, man, don't worry about it, man. You're going to get drafted regardless. And yeah. Uh. Take it easy. Don't get hurt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, hope, hopefully he ends up being a better on-field ath- player than he is a combine athlete. And I mean, Orlando Brown, hey, that's the way it worked out. That's terrific. Uh, he right. did have 18 bench reps to Orlando Brown's 15, I believe it was. So that's, uh, that's at least a little better. Yeah, plus three. I give him that. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, sir. All right. So Alejandro Villanueva, uh, are you comfortable with him at right tackle as opposed to left tackle as the need arises? Yes. And the reason why I say that is the fact that we're not, you know, Tyree Phillips, I'll just have to throw this out there for a second. We're talking about a kid that just entered the NFL. Where Alejandro Villanueva, we're talking about a guy that's been in the league, that has experience, mm-hmm. that knows what it's like to be on the field or, you know, just has an instinct for the game. It's almost second nature compared to somebody that just got here. I'm very confident in, the, um, you know, with him being on right. You know, and if, knock on wood, you know, if, uh, you know, Stanley's not ready, I'm fine with him moving over to left. Right. But, uh, yeah, but. It's, it's one of the things where, you know, the right side is solidified if you if that's how I view it. And I think of Villanueva, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna have a bounce back year, I guess. From a, I guess he was people were saying that he had, he was a bad run blocker, but then again, if you think about the whole concept in, in um in, with Pittsburgh, they really just didn't run the ball at all. So it's one of the things. It's hard to grade somebody on something that you rarely do. So, yeah, yes, and if everybody else around him is not very good at it either, it, it makes it additionally additionally difficult. So I, I completely agree with that. Uh, and you know what the what they w- would ask of a left tackle in terms of run blocking is probably fairly fairly straight up matchup football in Pittsburgh, as opposed to. Ex- 
you know, totally scheme-driven here in Baltimore, particularly right tackle, where you let the let the edge rusher go a lot because that's that's who you want Lamar to key off on that read. Right. And, you know, it's it just I I think the, the the positional responsibility is going to be so different that Alejandro Villanueva should be pretty good getting to level two if he can keep his feet. If they can teach him to keep his feet in level two or even moving up half a level to hit that scraping linebacker, I think he'll be very effective. Absolutely, and there's a play that sticks in my head, and this is what really solidifies my my choice of him at right tackle. There's a play I think we discussed about a couple times a couple months ago, where Tyree was at literally, yeah, he was at right tackle against uh, with Buffalo in the playoff game, yeah, and basically he was supposed to pass off the block. Well, he was supposed to chip the defensive end. I think it was Hughes. He was supposed to chip Hughes and then find work inside, but he really didn't have no work inside, which gave Hughes a free shot at um, at Lamar because Dobbins, of the fact who had it, to make a backup block there, and that was and, that was a, a bad play. Yeah, and Dobbins literally he was I knew if you you can easily watch Dobbins' eyes go, he's going outside the end. He was thinking, well, I got a split second to go chip inside, and then he didn't have that. If we, Villa, I swear, if Villanueva was there, that probably would have never happened. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah, I agree. He would have adjusted his own responsibility to, to pick that player up or to, or to do more on the play since he would have realized, he would have processed quicker that he, he wasn't needed on the inside. Absolutely. Yes, sir. That's where the veteran ship comes in. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I, I loved it. We'll go back to Ben Cleveland where we started for a moment because I've loved seeing that about Ben Cleveland is I think he processes very well while still contributing to double teams. So he's kind of an upright guy, but he'll, he'll keep a hand on a double team. And one hand from Ben Cleveland is a lot of power. That's a, that's a, that is a lot of human being you know, pushing down on you. It allows a, a shorter arm player to make contact in other ways. And I think Bozeman and he could work very well together if he makes first contact on pass blocks on Bozeman's uh, man. And then he processes very well. He scans from uh, from center out in terms of where you can help, and he looks for work very well. So he'll try and find that guy who's who's uh, blitzing, and then he'll go help the left tackle. Absolutely. And, and that's what I really love. When, when Ravens could have problems coming up this year at left tackle for any number of reasons. I mean, I, we hope Stanley's back playing at all-pro level. That would be ideal. But if Stanley's back less than Ronnie Stanley, that's a possibility. If Stanley's back and then he misses time again for any reason. We have Villanueva over there. He's a year older. You wonder about you know what's going on there. Or, God forbid, we lose both of them. And you know Tyree Phillips is the guy over there. We're going to really need Ben Cleveland to be a rock as a pass blocker at left guard. It's going to be very important. Absolutely. Uh, like how we were discussing about the, the 2012-2013, we need them to be that center rock. Literally, wow, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. The center rock between those guards and those center. Like, literally, we need that to happen. Yes, sir. All right. Garnet, always have pleasure having you on, my friend. You're welcome anytime. We'd <laughs> love to have you back. Uh, tell folks where they can find you on Twitter, for starters. Uh, yes, sir. So at Garnet478, that's uh, so G-A-R-N-E-T, one T. And then, uh, yeah, the 478, that's just my area code for one Robbins, Georgia. If everybody ever, some people always wonder that, like, why was 478? But that's where I'm from. But, yeah, so you can find me there. Love talking football, uh, you know talking about anything to be honest with you uh somebody just literally asked me about concealed carry license due to somebody like a not to yes. mention it you know you know the, the uzi guy like, yeah yeah you know the, the you know you know mr uh frank uzi clark over there which is crazy 
Uh, but yeah, just, you know, talk anything. You know, if you ever want to hit me up about football, Raven stuff, or just talk about anything, just come down. Yeah, because I looked up that same thing when I saw the TMZ story. I said, I, I saw that it happened first of all in L.A. And I got, OK, I can understand why California wouldn't be you wouldn't be allowed to carry a concealed weapon. But I looked up and, and tried to understand the Missouri law. And I got immediately sent to some legal website for people who defends people about concealed carry. <laughs> and and it, it looks like it's legal in Missouri to, to conceal your weapons if you haven't. I think it's previously been convicted of a felony. Felony. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. So just a quick story. So here's the thing. How it works, Ken. So. Every state has its different rules. So I don't, it's, I guess he drove from Missouri all the way to LA, which is crazy. But the fact that um, the mo- whoever he was with failed him because of the fact that they should have told him, hey, you leave this here while we go here. The moment we get across this state line, you're, you're done. And the fact that he had it in a duffel bag in his vehicle, which is a high profile vehicle, a Lamborghini truck or whatever right like it's like you're asking if you're asking for the trouble like that's what that's what blows my mind like there was no 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 such thing as low profile with them whatsoever in that whole incident so i'd gladly be happy if he missed week two when we played them just <laughs> just saying hopefully hopefully you know charges are you know working his favor but week two let the yeah. charges be there still. Sure. Two-week suspension seems completely appropriate <laughs> to Ravens fans. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, my friend. Uh, great having you on again. Really appreciate you joining us. And uh, we'll talk to you next time on yes. Film Study. Yes, sir. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.